everybody out there. This is a pretty exciting day. My name is Cricket Lee Alexander. And yeah, I'm the host of this pretty kick-ass show, The Toncast. The thing that's really rad, though, is we have like the world's greatest guest today. I mean, not only is he brilliant, he's funny. He's got hair that just goes forever. His name is Todd Robert Anderson. Hey, Cricket. Thanks for having me on your show. It's very oh, exciting. Oh, man. I mean, My this hair is does go forever. You can see me. The people... At home, oh. probably can't, but yeah. I love it. These curls, crazy. though. These curls are amazing. Yeah, it's like I've got like, I've got curly man mullet now because of the COVID. <laughs> You've got cullet. I got That's the cullet. Awesome. <laughs> does your son have curly hair, too? Uh, yes, he does. Curly oh, red see? hair. That's yeah. the best. I mean, his is like even he can spot you from a mile away. I don't know if it's because he's young. Uh, 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 or that he's uh, partly Jewish, uh, where I am not. But his okay. curls are are super super tight. Aww. He could have. I've been I've been trying to get him to grow his hair out because he could have a, an awesome. Pardon the expression, Jufro. Yes, I, that. I but, want that. <laughs> but he. Uh, <laughs> I want that for Christmas, or should I say Hanukkah? Because that'd be <laughs> yeah. rude. Really rude of me to uh, try to you know. Uh, assimilate uh, and, and, and another culture. I, I don't. I don't want to be known as that person. But boy, I'd love a fro. And uh, my husband knows this because we'll be anywhere, and I'll see like a beautiful African American woman with a big fro, and I'm like, oh my god, I want that. <laughs> so I get it. Good for your son. The curls they go on. They're great though. I mean, what a. I'm very lucky that you would be my guest. I'm actually a little shocked. Well, I, I, it's it's probably because we go back. We go back to uh, college days. We do. We're in that old. In the 90s. I know. I've been starting to call it the 90s. Like, you know, there was a time where I was like, oh, back in college. Now I'm like, in the 90s. And people look at you like, ew. Like <laughs> when, when we wore Doc Martens. Well, they still do that now. But it yeah, was, for sure. I had white, me and Tim Cummings, we had white. Eight hole Doc Martens with like the blood red, you know, strings. I mean, it was just very weird, very weird time for us. <laughs> but we got through it. We got through it. What was your thing? What was your look in college? I was, my look was basically Mark Singer from oh. V. I wore. <laughs> Mark Singer, good I one. Do, I do too. I I wear I wore entirely denim. It was like <laughs> I was such a I was such like all like all the stereotypes of white young white dudes that people make mm. fun of now. That's exactly what. My <laughs> that's great. Just a total douchebag. <laughs> Which really funny enough at NYU did stick out. That's like kind of fascinating that might have like did anyone else was anyone else rocking that look you know that you felt like in your dorm which dorm were you in uh freshman year i was in judson hall and okay then, i was at Brittany. yeah and then i was over at third avenue north for nice 
sophomore year. And then Andy Barth and I got an apartment for the last two years. Wow, I'm jealous. I was stuck the whole time because uh, when you take out loans, I was like, well, I can't afford anything. I'm just going to have to crank up these loans, which was a real sad state. And then just, you know, stay in the dorms. But I did graduate early. So I tried to get out of there as soon as I could save myself some money. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll pay them forever. I don't know how I managed to talk my parents into letting me do the apartment thing. Yeah. Like how did that go over? I, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't remember. I remember it was, <laughs> it was so important to me to get out of the dorms for some yes. reason. It was, I don't know why, um, because, you know, the dorms were not so bad. I mean, Judson was condemned. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that one was a little down. weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we wanted out of the dorms because we were in the best city in the world. And so yeah. if, if we were like where I was, had come from Chicago, you know, there were people that went to U of C and you know, they were out in farmland. Well, of course they didn't need to get out. Their dorm was as good as a two bedroom down the block. But for <laughs> us, we were like, ew, we need to be stretching our, you know, we need to get our wings out here. We're in New York city. So I think that was probably part of it. Yeah, for sure. We wanted the authentic New Yorker experience and so either, I mean, third Avenue North was, was formerly apartments. Uh, yeah. But, that one was beautiful. I remember looking at that. Now, who were your roommates in college? What like, did you get along with all of them or, or were there just a few that were just the, the real stinkers? Like I've got a couple that just were nuts. Uh, yeah. A couple of them were problematic. My freshman year, uh, roommate, uh, and it's funny, it's funny that you, you use the term, uh, stinker. Uh-oh. Oh no. Uh-oh. Because he literally had a older problem. Oof, like it was, Jesus. it was severe and it had to point to some, problem underlying underlying issue because oh wow did you know roger roger rosen i did not no i don't think so he he was my my freshman year he was one of there was a couple people that i gravitated towards who were on my floor at judson hall and he was one of them um and he he i was telling him that my roommate had this terrible smelled really bad you know right he he was in my room with me and i was like it's just i can't i i I had all my clothes in a suitcase i didn't put them them in the shared closet because i had discovered that if i hung my clothes in the closet they would start smelling this is the greatest story ever by the way i am loving this okay And I called it. I called him a stinker. I mean, that's, I'm in it's sync. Li- it's literal. So so two things happened with two of my friends on the floor who didn't believe me. They were like, you're exaggerating. You know, because I am given to hyperbole. You know, I'll, I'll exaggerate. I am too, the yeah. Story. But uh, in this case, I was not. I was like, no, no, I'm serious. That's why I keep my clothes in a suitcase instead of in the closet. Because if I keep them in the closet, they'll smell like him. Wow. And it, pungent and awful uh, uh it, like it, like if, if you if you're engulfed in the in the smell in like the if stink he, in the if stink he yeah. walks by you before you know having really? like hours Jesus. You, you like are like whoa whoa wow and do you think stuff? it was you know do you think it was like like a body odor type smell or was it like funk like 
like like mold, like something growing somewhere well, on him. I mean, I think it was his body odor, but it's something oh. was severely wrong with it. Like I don't even know how to <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. But here, just to give you an idea. So Roger's in my room and I'm telling him, I'm telling I'm telling you, man. And I was like, I was finally like, if you don't believe me, go in yeah. the closet and smell his clothes. And then we had the, oh, so you want me to smell the sour milk <laughs> thing? And I was like, no, no, I don't want you to smell the sour milk. But, you but you're saying it's not sour, dude. You, you refuse to believe me. So the right. only way for you to believe me is for you to experience it for yourself. So yes. he, he walked into the closet. He opened the closet. He walked in. And I, he, he so gracefully, he was a dancer. He so gracefully oh. leapt out of the closet <laughs> in a panic. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Just the so way he, it was like a beautiful dance move in in a panic. And, and oh my lord, it was Swan Lake. It was Stink Lake, and he jumped out of there. And yeah. oh my god, it's the greatest thing I've ever heard. And, yeah, and he was like, "Holy he's shit!" Like, You're right. You're right. Is yeah. that what he said? Yeah, he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe." Well, how did you sleep there? I mean, did you even think for a second, like, "Hey"? I am a, a lovely white male. I am at NYU. I my parents pay a lot of money here. I'm gonna go and raise a stink because my roommate reeks. I mean, or was that just concept? Not even. It didn't. Me. It didn't dawn on me to do that. Uh, I, it wouldn't to me either. But now it would because we're adults. Yeah. Now I might. Taxes. I might blow the whistle or at least you know <laughs> confront him about it. But I didn't know how to tell. I actually oh, did. I man. did say, dude, you, you have to shout. I did confront him about it. Now that I think about it, it's just he didn't, he didn't believe me either. Like nobody believed me. Everybody thought I was being crazy until, and he couldn't smell wow. it. Wow. Another guy uh, who lived uh, down the hall and I used to smoke clove cigarettes with. Oh uh, God, remember clove cigarettes? <laughs> Yeah. Man, those bring back some fun memories. Okay, yeah. So freshman year at NYU was the clothes. <laughs> it's all about that. That's funny. So he came home and his roommate uh, was having doing it in in their room. Oh, you know, yeah. so he couldn't go in there. He didn't want to go in there and go to bed because his roommate was doing it. Yeah. So he came over to me uh, because my roommate was out of town. Every weekend, he was never there on the weekends. He always oh, went, that's went, great. Went back to Massachusetts, uh, and so uh, John came in and he knocked on the door. I was like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And John's like, "Hey, do you mind if I crash <laughs> in your room because my roommate is uh, he's doing?" Uh, yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, John, I really don't mind, but I gotta tell you, <laughs> if, you if you sleep in my roommate's bed." You're, you're gonna you're gonna smell like him, and it's gonna be nauseating. And, it, <laughs> and, and John was like, "No, nah, it's I don't it, care, bro. I'm cool." Yeah, yeah he's like, you "Don't worry about it." Yeah. So he he got into the bed, and I was like, "Do you smell it?" He's wow. like, "Yeah, I smell it a little bit, but it's all right." And then he went to sleep, and he slept there. Wow. And then the next morning, he went and and, and left, you know, and uh, and then. Like 10 minutes later, he starts banging on my door and I open the door and there he is. He's standing there in his boxer shorts, standing there in shock. And he's like, dude, I went in to take a shower and I pulled my shirt up over my head. And when my head was encased in the shirt. I threw up into my shirt. Like it was, it smelled so bad. He barfed into his own shirt. 
Oh man, I really, you know, I, I just really wanted to ask you about these roommates. I had honestly no clue you were going to have all this fodder. Like I really thought you'd be like, yeah, they were kind of lame, but man, you got, that's a pretty rancid story. And I just love that the people that didn't believe you and thought you were full of shit, they came around because they yeah. were like, no dude, no, John could say, no, I fucking slept there. And it made me throw up the next day. That's how bad it was. Into my own Hanes shirt. Like, bad. <laughs> bad news. That is amazing. Yeah. Holy, so you, so were you, did he ask you to room second year? Like, I would have been panicked. No, no, he didn't like me and I didn't like him. So, oh, well, there you we, go. Went around, we went around ways. That's amazing. Yeah, my freshman year... Um, I had two girl roommates. One wanted to be, she was a lesbian, but she figured out she wanted to have a sex change. And we were like, okay. I mean, you know, you're trying to be (laughs) really understanding. We're like, so you're a lesbian. She goes, yeah, I'm still going to like women. I just want to be a man liking women. And we were like, oh, okay. And she had all these pills on our, um, like on our, uh, bookshelf. And I had like my peanut butter. I didn't, I didn't have pills then. I wasn't, I didn't have anxiety as bad as I do now. So I wasn't medicated. I was just full on cricket, which is pretty, you know, next level. And then all I had was damn jiffy peanut butter. Right. Uh And this girl would middle of the night, wake up naked. She'd get up naked and just slide around. And I'd be like, Oh God, I just want to go to sleep. And I'd hear her shaking the pills, the Prozac, the whatever else. And then I hear like, like a dog, but it's her eating my peanut butter with her fingers. Oh no. Oh, and I, I, I mean, I didn't want to throw up similar to your friend, John, (laughs) in my own bed, but I was like, oh my God, it's pitch black, but I can kind of see. And so I just wait till the next day and I say, listen, that was so weird and disturbing. <laughs> and I'm wondering, do you have a spoon and or your own peanut butter? I mean, I was just trying to be like a nice person, but it was really difficult um, for her. And then the other girl was a gamer. So she'd just be playing this like Game Boy. I don't even know what we had in the 90s. And they had a bunk bed situation. It was so weird. Yeah. It was just so strange. And then second year I had a girl that was vegan, which didn't bother me, but I'm a fucking carnivore. So I'm cooking steak and she would come and be like, listen, you know, I just can't have you be doing that. And I was like, I can't not have me. So I don't know like what we're going to real, like, I'm not sure how we're going to, and, and she'd get up early and juice and wake me up. And I was like, Oh my God, this psycho. She'd be juicing all morning. She'd be like, I went to the convention center and I met this man. He's going to be my, he's going to be my mantra, you know, guide. And I'm like, okay, so you got to juice now. It was just so hideous. I never really had like a great experience. I know, but none of them smelled. Okay. That's ew. Well, and and because you were dorm living, and it sounds like you were getting assigned roommates quite a bit. Because you get assigned the first year, and then I, and then my buddy, I guess you couldn't be with the opposite sex, right? And my best friends were all dudes. Oh. So I was like, oh, God, I'm stuck, you know, with like whatever they, whoever they give me, because I was at Carlisle my junior year, but 
Yeah. And then I had, um, I had the, I mean, some of my very best friends now I met at Brittany Hall. Like it's so, I don't know if that's the same for you, but like, yeah, some of my all time best friends, we met that day or that, you know, that time and, and we're still tight. Um, and I often think like, God, what a waste of money school, you know, acting school is <laughs> yeah, it's like a real way. shit show. Like I wish I'd known, you know, I think all the time, man, God, I would have done some, you know, spent my money you were, better. You were, uh, I want to keep talking about roommates. So I got, yeah, I, I'm I sure love that I've topic. told this story in on various shows, but cause sophomore year, it was me and three other guys from my studio group. Okay. Uh, from Circle in the Square Studio. Okay. We decided we're all going to move into Third Avenue North and worked out. Um, and we're there. But then one of the four of us at the end of the first semester was suffering from, I think, depression, hmm. uh, as I recall, and he left. Hmm. And so then the school assigned some transplant who was coming in for the second semester. Oh. So he just showed up for second semester. His name was Dave. And he was in a Korean American guy, and uh, and he was uh, irritating uh, and uh, and openly uh, homophobic. Oh no! So we would we would mess with him all the time. Like all three oh. of us, all three of us pretended that we had boyfriends. We, we would have oh. our friends come over, and we'd be you know all over each other. That is the greatest thing ever. I wish we. Why didn't you film that? Because that's like Porky's. Remember Porky's? It's like that. It's like just gross. Why not? But this poor guy he came into this with three. Did you know uh, Greg Jones? Of course I knew Greg. Like, I loved Greg. He was him, so tall. Six foot six guy comes over and he was. And he had Brit, this voice too. He was Brit's boyfriend too. So, <gasps> so Greg, so I met Greg in the dining hall and I was, I had a boyfriend all through NYU the whole time. I was like that girl. I did not really, you know, I just wouldn't have cheated. I wore the key. My boyfriend wore the key and I wore the lock. Okay. Uh-huh. That's. That's um, how like serious, you know. serious. Yeah, but I was a total flirt. I mean, that's different. You know, flirting is fun. Um, so I remember seeing Greg Jones, and he said something like, "You want to sit on my lap, little girl?" And I five feet, so I was like, "Okay." And like, we were just dorks, and I sat in his lap in the dining hall, and I think people were like, "What the hell?" I was like, "Just deal with." It. We're just being funny. Like it was. He was hilarious, that guy. He was funny. That's great. I love that you I, played gay. You were you were just gay for. For payback just, just to make him uncomfortable that was the whole thing he was a dick. then there was this other time do you remember when we were in college there was a tv show that was on at like 11 11 30 at, on friday nights or whatever or maybe it was every weeknight but it was called uh, it was a dating show and it was called mm. studs yes i i was obsessed with studs okay. i loved it so do you remember how on friday night studs had its african-american night oh okay i don't recall that particularly but that's they had a specific night it was very funny that's what yeah that's when the black people would that's so sad so white people got every other night yeah and then the black people got one night that's really and it was and there was no interracial dating that's the other thing why can't why why is why are we well, look if you look at the bachelor it's the same thing now barely the bachelor which i'm obsessed with right same thing yeah. kind of they put them in there they put white and blacks in but it's just it's it's like an experiment that they're watching it's not it doesn't seem real or authentic so okay so they had black studs which that's black a great studs. title right there <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> so that's what was happening. And my roommates were watching it. Uh, I didn't give a shit about stuff. I love that they were watching it. I was, uh, I was washing dishes in the sink, you know, because uh, Third Ave North had little kitchenettes. Yeah. Um, so this guy, Dave, comes out of his room and he sees, you know, studs. And he starts doing, you know, what I can only describe as like a stand-up routine, you know, where oh. he's making fun of uh, the black people on studs and he's making like the most egregious racist Oh my! You know, like every racist stereotype you can think of, he's just spewing it out. And my two roommates are sitting on the couch, staring at him, not <laughs> reacting. Just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, well, it's pretty shocking. Him. Yeah. And for and in his mind, he's hearing like gales of laughter. So he just keeps building and building and building on this racist shit. Oh. And I, what I did was, I just I, I had a plastic cereal bowl, like one of those ones that you know you can't break. And, and I threw it really hard into the sink. And I said, Dave, Dave, did you ever stop to think that what you are saying might be very offensive to one of us? And, and he goes. Which is so serious. I love it. Yeah. And he, lo- he looks, and we're, we're, you know, it's three white guys. He's like, no, what? I'm just joking around. And, and oh. I was like, Dave. I want you to understand something that my father is black (laughs) and his face just like, you know, when, you know, when, you know, when somebody's caught like that, like you see they're mortified. Yeah. You see the child, like the child who's in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw baby Dave, like his face just, melted in into this oh like hot child i just uh, love that he thought you guys were the right audience for that like that's it's the so best weird. part of all he just assumed because we were all white guys that we must be racist which is right. not it's not, not that weird but a little unfair. weird at a liberal arts yeah yeah it's like but he if you're didn't not, know his audience very well though. if you're not <laughs> getting a reaction maybe like don't like, keep going don't keep going on that so <laughs> anyway so and and then i just i sort of I stared daggers at him and then I just left. I went into my room and I closed the door, right? Wow. So then later I had, I had to go take a leak. So I was on my way to our handicapped bathroom, which was bigger than all of our bedrooms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would have slept in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm on my way and he grabs me on my way and pulls me into his room and is just apologizing profusely like i'm so sorry. I didn't know. I'm so stupid. Wow. You know. So I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he goes, uh, so are you adopted? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Yes, and he's gay, my dad. I would say he's gay and and black. And being who I am, this is is what I answered. I said, I went, fuck you, Dave. And he's like, what, what? And I was like, (laughs) my dad is black and my mother's an albino. And that's why I (laughs) Like, and I said it with a straight face and then I stormed out of the room. How do you so, think of this stuff right in the moment? Like, that's amazing to me. What did the roommates do? Were they like, what a fucking jerk? Like, I wish we could like get people kicked out for the, like, forget microaggression. That was a macroaggressive act. Yeah, it was bizarre. What if your girlfriend was, well, first of all, it doesn't matter. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's mind numbing. I wondered, was he from Korea or was he... An American, do you know? No, he was like, Korean American. He was okay. Yeah. That's he made really a point odd. of letting us know who he was, wow. where he was descended from, out of the gate, which is why it was so weird 
when you started exhibiting these bigoted behaviors. Right, that we you would like, only learn in America. Yeah, it's like, it, 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 maybe it was, you know, just overcompensating for something. I mean, just finding... So I mean, you know, is he like in, is he in politics now? I think we need to be careful. Like, who is this guy? We need. To, I don't. I don't know where he is. We but need honestly, to make sure he's not running for anything. Honestly, the last time I saw him was right before I moved out of New York, and I went on. Uh, uh, I went and had dinner with a girlfriend, uh, and he was at in, and it was like a little Italian place, and he was at the table next to us. No. And he would, and I knew it was him, but he like, and he would like sort of glance and then pretend that he <laughs> like he did not want to talk to me. Wow. Wow. And he still believed that my dad was black. And yeah, of course. I mean, that's the best part is that I wish you were having you were having dinner with a black friend instead, an older black friend, and you could have introduced him as your dad because that would have been like next that would have been awesome. brilliant but you know it's okay your girlfriend wasn't her fault she did her part but she, she was can't there. be yeah. a tall old black man no she couldn't she couldn't wow if that's tried, that would have great. Been great god it's fun to think about we're so old what uh what you which um studio studio you? i was in stella adler yeah, all right. Because I was doing, like, I wanted to do Chekhov and Shakespeare and, you know, travel around and, and do that. Well, I remember when I was doing Dario Foe's Archangels Don't Play oh. Pinball. Pinball. Yeah. Across the hallway, you were doing The Tempest. Yes, I did The Tempest, and uh, we had two directors. In fact, I that was during the time I had... Um, someone from NYU. Well, it wasn't scary, but he was like a friend that also had mental illness and began, uh, let's say, fixating on me. And so we had a picture of him, right? So that people would understand like, hey, this guy can't be let in. Even though I wasn't afraid at all, from the outside, it could have been like, ah, this person won't leave you alone, you know? So I was, it was a little tense doing that play because of that was happening. But I also did, and I don't know if you remember this, but of course, Steve Falk, who I loved. We did Christopher Durang's Titanic together. And I think he played my dad or like <laughs> the captain of the ship. But he was so funny. And I had to pull a rat or mouse out of my vagina, which is always awesome. That's great. And I remember being like, this is the best part of the show. Like I was such a, like my nickname was Gutter Girl. At NYU. So I would just put my mind was in the gutter. I was just like, if there was an innuendo to be found, I would have like, it's just my, my, like my brain. It's super, like I said, porkies. Like that's, that's sure. how I was raised. And that's unfortunately where I stay most of the time. Um, I try A lot to of those it. old, when you go back and you watch porkies and revenge of the nerds and kind of movies, it's amazing how they're, they're 90 minute plus comedies where all the set piece jokes are based are not basically they are sex crimes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. It's hilarious. Like Beulah Ball Breaker. I mean, it's true. Well, yeah. it's and true. like and the glory hole. hole. Yeah. I mean, I remember hole. being a kid like what is that? Like wait, should not have been seeing that. Like clearly, but no. you know. There was a way- a- there's an episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, which I I have seen a couple of those, yeah. And it had uh, it had a couple people from those movies, like the guy from the lead from Hot Dog, the movie was in it, and Chris Ooh. Farley's brother Kevin was in it. Okay, uh, th- th- there were a bunch of people like that in it, and and it was like 
a throwback to those 80s movies, but it was really funny because, you know, the guy from Hot Dog wanted to look through a hole in the wall at, like, chicks Stop. showering. And, <laughs> and, the, and the cast of uh, It's Always Sunny is like, who are uh, terrible people? They're yeah, they're like, you can't do that, They're like, man. dude, dude. <laughs> that's that. awesome we'll go to jail <laughs> that is awesome really i just fun. finally watched what is that damn cop the the cops that are funny oh my god what is wrong with my brain super troopers yeah yeah so just watched that movie that was hilarious. i love i love uh we my husband and i just watched all the police academies in a row oh i'm a big police academy guy oh he is too and i was like hun really police academy but then i got on i was like this is shit is great i remember everything the 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 uh what's the name of the guy from Benson? I always forget his name. He's got a French name. Oh, Robert Guillaume. Not Robert Guillaume. Not not Benson, but the the like Weasley guy. Who was, oh my like, gosh! Yes. Oh wait, it's ass. hold on. It's uh, Rene Aubergenois. Thank you. That's it. Rene Aubergenois. So his performance in Police Academy Five: Assignment <laughs> Miami Beach. Oh my God! Yes. Is. <laughs> amazing it is an amazing genius yeah Yeah, i i'm with you and i and then i was like who's my favorite character like you know is it hightower i i don't know i i i don't know bobcat goldthwaite he he does upset me though i can't i can't really listen to him for very long oh you don't get into the i saw i saw i like bobcat goldthwaite a lot i saw uh and i like he didn't show up till the second police academy yeah that's right um uh but i i think he's funny but he he did stand up at NYU when we were there. No. And I saw him at, uh, it was, it was what, there was like one hall. It was a hall over mm. on Washington square park. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, but there, he just did it. He got in the hall and he, and he made, he just funny. did stand up. I did a drag show on that same. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Not knowing what I was getting into. Yeah. I, uh, I think it was, I want to say it was junior year. Yeah, it must have been junior year. Oh, um, that's great. But I had done a drag act in high school, you know, in my small town, which everybody thought was funny. I, I sang You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman in a dress. Oh, I love that. Yeah, but like good. that, you know, and it, not politically correct anymore, I guess, but that's what I did. So <laughs> Probably in my not, mind, but... <laughs> when they were having a drag queen pageant, uh, I was like, oh. You were cool. like, I'm going to rock this thing. I'm yeah. This sounds like fun. Uh, and I had no idea what I was getting into, but then, then, uh, the Christian group protested the drag pageant. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And NYU canceled it. So we had a March, uh, a, a, a protest March. Jeez. Uh, I wonder if I was there and I just don't even, <laughs> it, don't even it was, remember. It was really interesting, <laughs> but like there were, there were a few dudes like me who were like heterosexual guys who thought it yeah. was funny to put on a dress. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then there were, you know, proper drag queens. Right. And then, and then uh, 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 transgender people. It was, you know, it ran the gamut. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, but I'm so disappointed they canceled. Well, we had the protest march. Uh, and uh, somebody took took it upon themselves to send the NYU paper home to my parents to see me standing in front. I was I was in between classes so I was just wearing my Mark Singer getup but it was right the denim on denim on denim yeah the denim the denim ensemble it was me Mm -hmm. marching in front of a (laughs) a throng oh my gosh on the front of I need to see that I mean you gotta (laughs) I wish I still had it I bet my mom has it in that yeah of course she does but because of the pro the protest was successful 
and NYU put the pageant back on. Of course they did. They reinstated. That's amazing. So you did the the pinball show. What other shows did you do at NYU? Um, I did the musical Working. Oh, I loved that. I remember. Oh, my God. I'm not a musical uh, person at all. Yeah, but that's a Studs Terkel, you know, that's a beautifully written book turned into, you know, musical. And yeah, it's got that James Taylor song in it. I don't know. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one or two of the songs are written by James Taylor. Hmm, Weird. Um, Cool. But um, I saw it and I remember. Brother Trucker. Oh yeah. Brother Trucker. Yeah. You're right. Um, Yeah. I loved that play. Was it, was Julie Benz in that one or was it? I can't remember who was in it to be. Yeah, because she's saying, and I can't cook too, or so. <laughs> I don't know, one of those. I just remember seeing her in, in music. I think Monica was in it. Monica. Monica was in it. She's so cute. I love her. Yeah, she's adorable. She's uh, adorable. Yeah. Uh, we all went to uh, M3 circle the together. Sc- you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All, the, all the circle and the square people went to see that 3D porno movie. Yeah. <laughs> In the, oh, at the Waverly Twin. Yeah, that sounds good. You know, I had a porn um, party. I did. I uh, went, remember John Wayne Bobbitt's uh, wiener was cut off. Of course we <laughs> yeah. So I heard the porn was coming, and I'm like, oh man, we got to have a screening for this. This is going to be like fucking awesome. <laughs> and so my roommate, who was this really docile black girl, she was like, I don't know. She was in finance, and she was like, I just don't know if we should have. I'm like, I'll go. You know, I'll get this porn. I'm not 21, but I'll, I've got a fake ID. I'll go buy it. And it, I still remember the cover. And I took pictures of the cover and like made a flyer. I went, I went all out. I had little weenies to serve. Like it was a joke, but like we all sat and watched this weird. Porn. It was all women and a couple gay guys, of course. And we watched the John Wayne Bobbitt porn. And was it entertaining? I mean, it was entertaining. It was not sexually stimulating. Thank God, because that would have been weird. I think I thought, "Ooh, what a cool idea! What a fun party!" And I kind of forgot it was a porn. And then I was like, "Oh God, what am I doing?" Like, yeah, well, oh, I shit. remember a couple times like being with dude friends, and we'd be at a video store trying to find something to watch. <laughs> and we'd go, hey, "Let's get some porn," and you get like. I remember specifically a title, which was, uh, it was called, uh, I'll have another butt light. No. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) Ron Jeremy was in it. Oh, well, he's the king. I mean, he's he's in jail now. Yeah. Uh, Well, Heidi Fleiss too. Are they all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah. And I remember, yeah. But I remember sitting, we were sitting a bunch of guys watching a porn. And I was like, why are we doing this? (laughs) Right. You're not going to actually have a circle jerk because yeah, that'd be not. weird, or are you? And maybe one of you is like, "Oh, I hope we can." Who's going to take their pants off? Who's going to take their denim on denim on denim off first? <laughs> you know, like who's going to do it? I don't there, know. Uh, yeah, maybe somebody in there uh, wanted that. I don't know, but it just when we were watching it, I was like, "This is dumb. We shouldn't be watching porn together." I love it. Yeah, that's kind of how it happened to me. And then I just ate the weenies and I was like, okay, this was a really weird idea. It's so embarrassing. God, my mom knew that I had a porn screen. What the hell? Now that I think about it, I'm like, thank God she didn't. Thank God we didn't have social media. I mean, I would be dead. Oh, my God. I don't even know. I've done so many. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't have a career if we had, had social media. In mm -hmm. By the way, I love your website. I think it's hilarious looking and sounding. And I want to read your book, The Reasons Not to Act. I think it's such a great concept. And, and I'm wondering what your number one reason is. Like, Audition. I mean, I don't know how many uh, you have. Like, oh, okay. It's, it's called Don't Act, 101 Reasons Why You Shouldn't. And Yeah, I love um, the name a lot of the reasons are you have to audition. Okay. Like I have a lot of them are audition stories, but okay. the most humiliating of which was, yes, I need to hear that. I hope you I don't went, mind. No, not at all. I went, um, on an audition for a uh, motel six. It was a motel six. Okay. And the bit of uh, the commercial was very simply that it's a, a man in a Scottish Celt, uh, <laughs> Uh, talking about going to, uh, you know, touring the country, going to Scottish conventions. Okay. Uh, and he's in a Motel 6 because that's where he always stays. And he's manspreading. Uh, so the interviewer, the, the camera can see his junk, which is blurred out in the commercial. But that's the, that's the whole joke. Oh, my Lord. Okay. A, a guy who's freeballing in a skirt, uh, uh, a Scottish Celt, and, and he, he's manspreading. Okay. So, I go in, they provided the Celt because I don't, as you know, I, I'm only a quarter yeah, yeah. Scottish, so I don't have any ghosts <laughs> lying around. You've got a lot of costumes, I bet, but just <laughs> not that. I have a couple tartans, but I haven't I <laughs> turned them into this Celt. You sure could. Uh, but yeah, that's it. But so, so I go in and, uh, and it, and in this instance, it was, you know, cause the session runner, his shift was ending and somebody else was taking over. So he was training the next guy and uh. you know, walking him through the audition process. So we do it. I put the Celt on. It goes, I'm wearing boxer shorts. You know, I'm not, you know, method acting or anything, but they're boxer shorts. Uh, yeah, Todd. Boxer shorts have not air boxer conditioning. Yeah. yeah, they have yeah. a vent. Yes. Oh, dear God. So oh, what God. happened was I did the audition. And right after we're doing it, the session runner who was training the other session runner uh, said, that was perfect. Like that, that example, that's exactly what we want everybody to do. What you just saw is it. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm, wow, sweet. I'm, I might get I'm, this. Yeah. I'm the best. Yeah. Uh, but then the guy who was being trained looks at the monitor and he's like, yeah, but do you want to see his thing? And the and and the guy the guy who's training him goes, well, I mean, yeah, that's the joke. It's the joke is that you see his thing, and then the guy goes, but you but, really want to see his thing? <laughs> and the guy goes, my God, no, no. And then they they're both like <laughs> rewinding and like really, looking. <laughs> and then he's like, oh yeah, we're gonna have to do that again. Sorry. Oh my God, Don. <laughs> What did you do the second time? I did basically the same thing, but you protected in your junk of, in a state yeah. of terror and oh. uh, humiliation. Like then the acting Jesus. became about getting over the trauma that I had just experienced. Sure, sure. You I had PTSD. Like I wasn't <laughs> traumatized. You, you did. You had no. Did you book that role? Because if you no. didn't, I mean, those sons of bitches. Who in the world could have? You went the full Monty on that. You yeah. showed nuts literally yeah, yeah. i don't understand i would be like i don't give a fuck who you like this is the guy we're hiring i don't care yeah i i i agree with you but uh no i didn't get the i mean 
what? I, I just can't understand that. Wow. I never saw that spot because that's a funny idea. The man's measure reading that. Like, who writes that? And then, you know, camera moves, pans over his. Well, and that was a ways back. So I actually was like, this is, this commercial's got. Pushing the envelope there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's taking some risk. God, I love these stories. Oh, my God. You're like, you could probably write an entire, just a book just on. Just the auditions, right? Sure, sure. But you would scare away so many people, which I do love. I got to tell you, when I meet somebody who's like, hey, I want to go. I'm like, yeah, I really think you should think about anything else, which is so awful. But I'm like, do you like anything else? And if they're like, yeah, I kind of like this. I'm like, yeah, do that first. And if they're like, no, like I'm a therapist now, right? So I see people and I've got a guy that's 21 who's, really attractive, um, gonna, you know, could, could like a young James Deany type singer guy. And I just said to him, do you like anything else? He's like, no. And I can't, I don't, I'll never want to do anything else. And I was like, well, all right then. Like someone like that, I'm like, okay, yeah, good. Well, that's the God truth. God be with you. Yeah. But that's the truth. If you're, if, if, if you see things like, like I did, certainly that yeah. this is the only thing yeah. That I want to do. And it's the only thing that I just know that it's the only thing that's going to fulfill me on any, yeah. on any level. And if I don't do it, then I'll live in regret. So yes. I and I, I felt like that too. I felt like yeah. that until 40, 40, I was like, it's just not, I don't know. I feel like I have all these gifts and I'm only like actually tapping into two out of like, 12 and that's no, when I, I agree like, it's super frustrating so hard right and well, so and I'm essentially mostly you know a bit player and have been mm-hmm, but that's the best years. people love character actors I mean those are like yeah but it's not favorites. like it's, it's not like a good character actor career it's just a mostly bit playing actor career like I want to mm-hmm. like a like a Lance Henriksen kind of character actor mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm talking about yeah but, yeah I want that too. I think you deserve it. I think you're, I think you're comedy gold. Oh, thank I mean, you. You know, well, I do. I follow everything. I mean, that's why you're my guest today. Why would I waste my fucking time <laughs> with uh, a, your Korean American roommate, Dave from 1990? I wouldn't, I didn't, no, no. I didn't even invite him. I invited you. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> if you do get a hold of him, tell him. Like, hey. <laughs> I will. <laughs> oh god that's funny yeah so i mean like so much of that book is talking about the the humiliations and wow because there was no like i growing up when i told people hey i want to be an actor it was always the same thing it's like oh that's the toughest business show business Mm -hmm. is toughest it's so hard it's crazy it's impossible Mm -hmm. and people would say that and i would be like what in what way Mm. you know specifically how do you know and then and then and like and making it quote unquote you know you read autobiographies like you read michael Caine's autobiography and you know he's rooming with terrence stamp in a war-torn london and then and then the next chapter is i'm a movie star and it's like well how how did how did that happen Mm. like it feels like it just really literally happened overnight in your book and that doesn't make any sense so, yeah, well, at least, or if you know people. Yeah, I mean, I think knowing people is, is something I never considered. I was like, I don't need to know people. I'll just be really good. And then I realized, oh, my God, it's not like, actually, 
I wish all the time it was like the old days where like they'd just be like casting call on the corner of 14th and you just show up in your little yeah. outfit and your whatever and you just fucking kill it and the best man wins. And, and I knew if that was the way it would be, I would I would have had a great career. But um, it just isn't that way. And no, it's I got not. bored waiting for it and, and um, wanted some health insurance and some other stuff. But uh, I get it. And so all my friends that are still really doing it, I just give you guys such honor. I think it's an, it's an honorable profession and it's really hard. And um, especially if your wife, she's not in the business, right? She used to be. She okay. She became a school teacher. Which is cool. So same, she understands that. You did, yeah. She gets it though, but boy, school teaching, I mean, that's like God's work right there. That is like, especially right now. I I don't even understand how she can do it. Like, I I feel like, what the hell are we paying? Why are we paying our teachers shit? What they're the only people raising our kids. Well, besides some of us that parent, you know? Yeah. It's terrifying. I don't understand. They get like $30,000 a year. It makes me so mad when I hear about sports stars. I, I just, it makes me like, Yeah. Well, you know, what makes me aggravated is, you know, at the end of last year, uh, their pay was frozen for this year because of COVID. So their pay got frozen. That's basically what we found out at the end of the year. And then someone came out from the school, her school, and put a sign in the front yard that said a hero lives here, you know? And I'm like, what like you free someone's pay uh firefighters mm. are, are heroes i guess you could say cops could be heroes the uh, people in the military could be heroes but when you call teachers heroes it's like you're expecting them to take bullets for kids and you're ex- you know what i mean it's i think just, you're right that's really it, interesting did, did she feel the same way yeah, it's like she at first she was like, "Oh, that's nice," and I was like, "But and I'm then also, she was when yeah." People put a sign in your yard after freezing your pay, saying a hero lives here. Yeah, it's, it's like, a little bit. You. Yeah, yeah, it is it's a like, little bit. It's like the 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 concept of the essential worker. Yeah. It, 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 fuck you! You pay pay people more mm-hmm. than minimum wage. Pay them yeah. a real living wage, and then you can call them something like essential workers, but you should, yeah. you don't pay them like that. So no, you're right. Up. You're right. In fact, the only people we pay are probably politicians who are not really essential. Uh, no. Yeah. Which I know. And I agree with all of your politics because I see it on Facebook or wherever else. Um, so we're, we're in the same boat there. I, uh, I've become a single issue voter. It's that's all it is. For mm-hmm. me. That's how I vote. When people ask, how are you voting? I have a single issue. I hate Nazis. So I vote mm-hmm. against the Nazis. Yeah, I, I saw vote. your I saw your tweet or whatever about uh, watching um, Indiana Jones, which is one of my favorite all time movies. And mm-hmm. you were like, it never took me. I didn't need any time to decide that they were bad guys. Like there was no time where I couldn't, as a five, six, seven, eight, whatever year old kid, like know that they were bad guys. So I get that. I believe you. Yeah. I hope the rest of our country. Um, could, could see it. I wish they could see it that black and white. I think we'd get more votes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people don't want to see that black and white. Mm. I mean, I, I don't mind it, but I guess I get it. But we also lived in a really gray area. I mean, as an actor, that's like the grayest shit you could ever be in. That's true. That's true. Like so murky and uh, not defined, you know, and yeah. then to be a parent. I mean, do you have one child or two? One. And what's his name? 
Colby. And what's he like? He's a cool kid. He, he, and he's handling this COVID distance learning stuff very oh. well, I think. Um, uh, but yeah, he's a, he's a tall, skinny kid. He's, uh, he's very empathetic and, and smart. Um, you know, he's a teenager, so he can be a dick sometimes. But, yeah, but uh, man, you just gave him some great, some great qualities. If those are really in him, that's really great. He's a good, he's a very good, a very thoughtful uh, person. Um, I mean, I think, you know, as parents, that's all we want him. To. Uh, yeah. And for me, it would be kindness, understanding. So are you going to have more? No. Um, no. <laughs> I love asking that. I, you know, we were talking about having two way back in the day, but I'm, I'm really good with one. Yeah. And it's pretty great. And he's in that, he's a teen now, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, this would be a really tough time to then bring a new kid in. It yeah. would be almost too long. Well, and I can't afford it. I mean, I haven't worked all fucking year. Totally. So, uh, and it's just kids are really expensive. Uh, I just, I couldn't, we couldn't afford it. And I don't have the energy. I mean, I'm pushing 50. I don't have the energy. Same Z's. I, I, I've got a stepson, which I, you know, I didn't think I'd ever have a kid I, by design, you know? And I'm like exhausted and he's 13. And my husband's like, you know, what if we had one? And I'm just like, man, I don't think I have the, like, I think I would fall asleep just doing anything that you're supposed to do to to keep them from dying. Like I think, and I mean, I know he kicks in or whatever. Everybody's like, nah, it's different when it's yours. But is it, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know if I want to take that. It, I mean, it is different when it's yours, and and you do uh, rise to the occasion because definitely of, because of chemicals, you know. Yeah, I wonder, like, how, yeah, and look, he's thirteen, so he can do stuff on his own, which is awesome. Um, I think it would be different if he were three or four, you know. But yeah. if I think of having one now, God, yeah, forty-eight. I mean, that just sounds like hell. Yeah, my back which... can't take it. I can't carry a baby around right now. Do you got back problems? Well, my back, yeah, it's not a great, I don't have a great back. Do you go to chiropractor? No, none of that stuff ever worked for me. Man, uh, I love my chiropractor. Yeah, I just, I don't, it's not covered by insurance, so I don't. What? I mean, it, it is mildly my insurance, but. but Not enough that like, yeah, enough. make it. It's still like, it's still like paying to go no, yeah. massage or whatever. No, that doesn't work. It should be, yeah, you want it to be totally covered. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I mean, I tried it for a while because I'm a chronic pain sufferer, and one of the theories was it was, like, back-related, which turned out not to be true. Not to be the theory, after you probably spent a lot of your insurance money. What about edibles? Are those something that I know here people say that that helps for chronic pain? Yeah, I mean, uh, edibles uh, do or or just smoking weed for sure. But it's it's not, you know, I can't really function once I've mm. got THC in in my system. I'm not one of those. I I, I have to uh, like sit and watch television <laughs> and eat bonbons. And yeah, I haven't smoked weed in years. It just it never really fit for me. I never even in college. I mean, I I would drink, but I was on academic probation. So when I got to NYU, it was a big deal. I was the first person in my family to go. It was like, don't fuck this up, you know, because if it wasn't that, I would have stayed in Michigan and been pregnant and, you know, been doing meth and probably be in jail. 
So I was like, and I knew that I was like, that's the route. So I don't want that. So what am I going to do? That's the opposite. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I went to art school. That's weird. Um, but yeah, so I was a big, big like nerd because I was like, oh, I'm going to flunk out because I'm not as smart as these people at all. Like they, they were far smarter and far more able to retain information and then regurgitate it in a way I couldn't. Right. So I remember we got into this. Do you remember writing workshop? You had to take writing workshop one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? Is this like English? And she, you know, she explained it. And Tim, my bestie was in there with me and he was like a poem writer. I was like, I'm never going to fucking get through this. So I would see this woman. I would go every day to her little office and work on stuff with her just to get one draft of something that Tim could literally turn out in 15 or 20 minutes, you know, took me like five drafts to get it to where I thought it was good. And, 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 but she taught me how to write and she taught me how, you know, what I just never learned because my high school was an arts high school in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, no offense. It wasn't rigorous academically. Like I barely (laughs) effing got to like, I think I didn't even know what a thesis was and I was out of high school. Like that's terrible. You know, I just was like, I was performing on the stage. I was an actor and I was, hanging out with friends. I that was not important to me. So it was lucky that I was on academic probation at NYU for a full year because it made me want to get off and it made me feel shame, you know, and be like, okay, <laughs> you were, I don't want this badge of, sh-. and you'd have this like, of shame. Yeah. It was, and they'd have this like meeting <laughs> in the beginning of the year. So you'd look around at all the other dipshits, you know, like we're the losers, we're the dummies. <laughs> Which is horrible. I'm that is saying, horrible, yeah. right? And I look around like, oh, there's that guy. He's oh, I've seen her. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is us, right? We're the weirdos. Okay. There was a class. There was a class in my high school that was that. It was like I can't remember what it was called, but it was like the kids who didn't do well in school were all in this <sighs> one class. It's so shaming and funny enough you know it was my so then i didn't party a lot i didn't party at all because i was like i gotta fucking stay on track these other people they don't have what i have they don't they have people that went to college they have middle american lives you know this is i gotta keep my shit together it was a very much like scarcity understanding right like there's only enough for a few and i better get a piece which i don't subscribe to now but at the time i definitely did i was like I got, you know, it's like rats, you know, running for the cheese. So I was a nerd and I graduated with honors because I was like, I have, I have to like, see if I can do this. And then I never thought I'd go back to school. Like, that's crazy. But 20 some years later, I went back probably like your wife, right? Yeah. She went, uh, yeah, I, I paid for her graduate school actually. You did? Where, and I, where did she, she went I, for I, education? I, I, I booked a lot of commercials around that time. So I had the money. Sweet. That's a good, that's a good boyfriend or husband at the time. Yeah. I just, you know, I just wish they paid teachers properly. So I wouldn't Mm. have to stress about making money myself. I do agree with that. I mean, because what's the low, where did she go for her grad school? Antioch university. Oh yeah. People love that place. Did she have a good experience? Yeah. She really liked it. Well, it's real, you know, they're real progressive. Um, so it's a cool way to learn. And, and, and because, uh, the university was so progressive and, and they place, you know, students in their last year, uh, in schools, that's part mm-hmm. of their education is doing like six months at a school. 
and they, you know, they found progressive schools for their students to be at. So she, and she's been at the same school that she was placed at. Are you kidding? Wow. Oh, they're so lucky. Mrs. Anderson, or do they call her by her first name? Uh, They call her Miss Hill. Oh my God. That's precious. That was also her, uh, her stage name when she was in a band. No. What kind of band? It was a rock band with a uh, uh, with a, a very tongue in cheek bent, uh, and it was uh, the songs were basically very sexually explicit. Okay, yeah. Um, and okay. she and this other uh, woman were the backup singers. There was one song called um, uh, called I think it was just called Menage a Trois. <laughs> <laughs> the lead singer is fantasizing Great. about a menage a trois. Yeah, and they were the backup, so and they and they made out together on the in the song as part of the stage. Okay, and then you were like, "That's the woman I'm going to marry." That's no, I knew. No, I was already <laughs> married to her when she joined that band. Uh, I knew I was going to marry her when we were in the parking lot for a Ralph supermarket. <gasps> in uh, LA, you were in LA then. Yeah, in Studio City, and, and I know the one. Oh yeah, my gosh! Know, yeah, and there was in you know there's the uh, the back of a bunch of stores and restaurants. Yeah, it's like and, a little strip mall. There, yeah, and there's a re- I can't remember the name of the restaurant, Me- Mexicali or so, something, something. Okay. Something like, uh, like this popular, you know, uh, Mexican place, uh, and and. We're trying to get out of the parking lot and there's a giant SUV blocking the way. Like we can't get around it. And there's a person standing next to the SUV talking to the person. In the oh. So they're blocking the way. And, uh, and we patiently wait for a number of minutes. Wow. And uh, they're not showing any signs of stopping. So uh, Hillary gave a little honk of the horn to let them know, hey, we're waiting to, mm-hmm. to exit the parking lot. And, uh, and the person who is uh, leaning in, talking to the person, leans out, looks at us and goes, where do you have to be? <gasps> and that person oh. <clears throat> was Danny Bonaducci. No, Danny yeah. Bonaducci. Oh, wow. And, and then he goes back to talking and not, and neither of them are getting out of the way. So Hillary hits the gas and drives the car full speed towards uh, Bonaducci. So he has oh to, Oh my God. I love her. Fuck you. She's she so tears, awesome. She tears out of the parking lot. And that's when I knew <laughs> I was going to marry her. <laughs> so romantic i love that i do that's adorable you were like yeah she doesn't stand for no bonnet douche she's just like good for her what a dick (laughs) it would have been great yeah she just like rammed it i mean you know then it would have been all over the news i guess well we would have named him but it would have been so great i love that she did the nice she did the, the the you know commensurate you know oh i'm gonna get a nice little honk and then it was like don't fuck with me dude that's amazing yeah i love that i love hearing stories of like when you knew you know she was she was the one that's amazing and i have colby like the cheese yes yeah is it with a k my uh no it's c-o-l-b-y like the cheese Uh, and that's what uh uh my friend 
back east made fun of me for choosing that name. It's my my dad's middle name. That's why. Why would they make fun of it? He was like, you named him after she, because he's from Massachusetts, and that's what Massachusetts. Oh, they do. They're just like, yeah. It's it's. Oh, by the way, ribbon. You got to rib the people. You got to rib them. Hey, have you seen my new favorite obsession, Cobra Kai? Go! I love that show. I'm Just obsessed. to finish the the thing about about my friend making fun of it, he named his kid Jack. No. Yeah, I was like, I was thinking you were gonna say like Emmenthal or something because that would have no, been no. But it was just amazing. funny to me. It's like you gave me shit for naming my kid after cheese, and then you named your kid after. I cheese. mean, I shouldn't be like my name's the worst. Like I would have picked. Any, I tried so many years to change it over and over, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna leave it. But I wanted to be Sarah. That was all I cared about. So it was such a perfect like. Girl, feminine name, Sarah. Oh, no, I just wanted to be Sarah. So when I would go to a different school, I would pretend to be Sarah, and then they would, you know, inevitably find out. Yeah. So I mm. couldn't win that the name battle. But good for you for not naming your kid a really annoying LA name, oh, like Apple sure. or something, you know. Yeah, well, and I wasn't going to name him something like Todd because I never really liked Todd. You didn't? No, Todd is the preppy douchebag in all the 80s movies. I mean, more like Chad, but yeah, I guess that, so. But Todd was, it was, it was Chad, Chaz, and Todd. Todd. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, and, a, it was an abrupt name like that. Todd, and Hillary like a punch. As well. Todd and Hillary, that is your preppy 80s. God, you're right. It, it really is. But you're not anything like that, which I love. No, we buck the stereotypes for sure. Sure, fucking do. She fucking <laughs> took Dan, Danny Bonaducci's ass to the curb. Right for Bonaducci. I love her. That is so awesome. I know. I would have been. She's cool because she didn't use words. She used action, and I would have been the one to be like, "You're a fucking has been." Lo-. You know, I would have like dipped in that girl. Ripped like, his career. <laughs> Yeah, because I just like using words to hurt people more than I would. Just that sounds awful, but like, no, like I do that all the time. But words are my weapon. Like words are come easy to me and that's what I would use. And I'd be too lazy to even put my foot on the gas right away. I would just be like, well, let me just see if I can get him to leave with my words. Right, (laughs) right. I love that story. Yeah, I do too. It's classic. It's classic. So how how many hours of therapizing do you do every week? I probably, I do a couple things. So I've got, so I've got individual clients that I see like this on zoom, right. Or something where I'm teletherapy. I've got one guy who's recently out of rehab seventh time. He's 26. Yeah. Really tough case. So I see him sometimes up to five hours a week. I'll go to his house, check in, make sure he's doing what he's supposed to do. So that's more like, I'm managing a case as opposed to like doing therapy, but it's still therapeutic. And then I do, we've got this company we work with. It's a nonprofit that does prisoner reentry. So I go and I work with them um, uh-huh. on just like, what do they need? What are they feeling? How are they doing during COVID? Is there anxiety and depression? And, and do they have like, are they hooked up to their resources? Cause many people are like, I'm not going to therapy. That's a retarded people will literally say. And I'm like, yes, it is but it can help you. Like if it can help you, you know, if you want to go to the gym, that's awesome. If you want to go talk to your church, great. Like it's just another, you know, resource to 
to kind of process through crap, right? Right, right. And so that's what I tell them. I'm like, yeah, I don't take myself too seriously at all, nor the profession. However, if it can help you, great. So I just want to make sure they're connected um, because, look, we forget about populations all the time that don't have any money um, in our world. So even though I work for a for-profit company, um, we spend our, a lot of our time working with nonprofits that will get to the populations we really want to serve. Cool. So I'm doing it. It's my full-time job. Um, and then I'm doing, I've got this whole, you know, avatar came back on Netflix and like blew up. So I'm doing a ton of, I, I mean, I've, I, I've TikTok now I've like a gazillion followers on there, which is nuts. So I'm doing videos and I'm talking about avatar with people and I send pictures and video messages and I'm on cameo. So that's like a whole wild thing that I thought was dead. Like, you know, you do a show and you're like, okay, cool. And you like move on. And people ask me, look, did you know it was going to be a big deal? And I'm like, no, it was, it was a job. I went home and like ordered food. I don't think I even <laughs> thought about it and I feel bad, but I'm like, no. Um, and then it kind of just died down, but then Netflix bought it, came back during COVID and has this resurgence, which is cool. So I have all these fans and I try to talk to them about mental health and, you know, I get tons of beautiful like emails from people that are like, I was going to kill myself last week and this is how I'm feeling and thank you. And I'm like, thank you for reaching out. Thanks. Are you connected to this or that? Like, what do you need? Do you have someone safe? You know, just it's pretty, it's a pretty great place to have been an actor or performer and brought that kind of joy, but then to um, support them in other ways that as a, as a citizen, not a therapist, I wouldn't have been able to do. That's pretty cool. That is yeah, pretty cool. It is. It's really, it's very lucky that all my careers are kind of merging together. And Avatar is the animated show? Yeah, it's Avatar The Last Airbender. And it and was... It was a, a Japanese uh, uh, cartoon. Kind of, yes. I mean, it was super, It was Americanized, but yeah. So I played May, who's like the goth character. And um, so I had to be like, what's up, Todd? It's May. Like, I had to be very <laughs> dark and like no expression whatsoever. Like, no smiling, no using your eyes. Like, just... Flat. But Mark Hamill was in it, and I got to record with him and meet him, and he was awesome and um, just That's a great group of people. Yeah, Nickelodeon was really good to us, and it was a fun show. Um, sad it's over, but you know, at the time, like I said, you don't know what you're doing. It's not that important yet. You know, you're right. just you're just going from job to job. And voiceovers was great to me. I mean, it it paid me in in a way that I could produce plays and write. And, you know, I did a show about Janis Joplin where I played Janis Joplin and, and just got to do like really cool stuff that I w didn't realize your voice could, I just never, ever would have thought that this voice that I hated as a kid, because people were like, you sound sick or you sound like a boy. Are you all right? And I'd be like, fuck <laughs> off. You know, I was yeah. such an asshole, a little kid, you know, so, um, but then it turned out, and then even at NYU, they were like, you're going to have to work on that. And I remember being like, what? And they're like, you can't be on the stage with that kind of voice. It's not going to hold up. And it just, it like made me panicky and fearful. And I was like, why are they putting doubt, you know, into my mind? And, and so even though I was, I'm a singer, I never, ever um, went after musical theater because I was like, I won't, my voice won't be able to, well, sort of 
have the 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 what do you call it the um you know us or something yeah no just the the physical ability oh. to, to continue the endurance um the endurance but i'm in a band now which is super fun oh cool i was thinking about your wife so my band's cricket creek and we do blues and classic rock oh awesome so i think you would dig that yeah we do all the fun old you know like we do some aretha franklin some joplin bonnie ray john prime like just some cool cool old stuff which is fun and they're all like engineers so we just get together and we played blues fest here and we just have fun. We certainly yeah, aren't are not looking great. to make any money, but it's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty well, great. Who who makes money in music anymore? Oh, I can't I imagine. And we don't want to be up past like eleven p.m. We're like, no, we have to play till two. Oh God, no! <laughs> That's I can't not why do. I don't do theater anymore because I, I I like to come <sighs> home at night. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. But if you're in a film, it's right. Then you're shooting, maybe. But yeah, it's different, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it is different. Well, I always preferred the medium of, of film and, and video to to stage. Um, I, yeah. I, I was a guy who did stage because that's what was available. Yeah, okay. Right, that was your outlet at the time. If you'd had something else, you might have taken My it. My son's high school is a performing arts, uh, you know, it's arts and sciences. Oh, that's school. great. Um, sadly, you know, he's distance learning, so he's not at the facility, but they have like an incredible theater program one, but two, they have their wow. own TV studio. Oh my God. So That's if amazing. I had had a TV studio at my high school, that's yeah. where I would have been. Yeah. That's Perfect. interesting. Now I, I'm just thinking in the last year out of all the movies you've seen, what is the one part you think should have been yours? Of the movies that I've seen? Yeah, like, has there been anything that you're like, or TV too, it could be TV, where you were like, God, that was like written for me and I didn't get to do it. <laughs> like, mine would be the stupid Lady Gaga in um, oh, the, Star is the, Born, right? So that would be like, that was one where I was like, oh, of course, I'm not up for it. That's not the point. I just think that I could have killed that, you know? Right, so I right. wonder like, what, which, what have you seen recently that you're like, oh, um, it's funny because I don't, I I don't think that way when I watch movies because because then it will I it will decrease my enjoyment of the movies. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, I don't. I I mean, the truth be told is that you know there isn't a movie that I see where in the back of my mind I don't think, well, I would have been good. Oh, okay, uh, I like that. But um. But nothing like specific that was like a part that was like, oh, that should have been mine. Yeah, that makes sense, though. I like the way you put it. It's like then that does decrease the way that you can just enjoy the goddamn movie or TV right. show, you know? Right, exactly. And that's true, actually. There's some stuff I'm like, oh, I don't want to see that, like for whatever reasons. Um, did you see Righteous Gemstones, though? I feel like that would have been a show. No. I, oh, Todd, you're going to love it. It's so good. Is it, it's a movie or a TV no, show? No, it's a TV show on HBO. Oh, okay. And it's about, so it's John Goodman and he plays the head of this like, like disgusting Christian family. <laughs> it's so uh -huh. funny. It's really, really funny. It's only one season so far. Um, and they're a righteous, they're the Jim Stones and they're from, I don't know where, but this is how they sound. And they're just all about God. But of course they're not really. Right. 
it's pretty that's, great. That's what yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, check I'll, it out. Yeah, check your wife out. will probably love it too. Okay, I'll do that. Um, how do you how do you end your show usually? Well, I feel like um, I, I I would usually have like a big drum roll and a lot of really radical music, but I don't have that right now. I wish <laughs> I wish I did. But because um, of COVID, because of COVID, but, it, no, it's just because I'm. I just don't have it. I just don't own those things. But if I did, I would play them for you. But, but I, I guess what I want to say is thank you for your time because you, you were just utterly fascinating individual. Well, I mean, thank you. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like how did we not hang out more? I don't understand how we I missed each either. other. That's You're true. A couple of years apart. Some, something was in here, but you know, well, Joe Rosetto, you know, my people. Yeah. And, we and used to like we see just, each other. We would be at yeah. parties. Like, like I said, we did stuff across the hall and yeah. we had conversation. We would talk. We just didn't, you know, we weren't didn't, uh, uh, get, get in the hangout group, but, yeah, yeah. but you're just so enjoyable. And, and, and you might say that you, you haven't worked a lot this year, but I know that the next year is going to be different for you. Thank you. I hope and so. And it's going to be better. And I am such a fan. Thank you for coming here and spending your time with this little old me. Well, thank you for having me on your show. It's I great. appreciate you. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> All right. Bye.